0: Aaron. And this is Jessica. And this is episode 125 of the Double Knit podcast. Ooh.
1: Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> well, what news do you have to share so with much our new listeners? So
0: much so news. So much news. Okay. So we both went to Madronia Madronia, Madronia. Madronia in February. <laughs> I saw you for like two seconds before yes. I went back in the market. I did see you for two seconds. Yes. Yeah. And then. I went and I bought. Went. Yard. More yarn. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did
0: you take classes or did you just I took a class.
1: I took, um, yarn and texture yarn and
0: texture <laughs> We
1: both can talk. We are just uh, talking we about were just talk- Sorry, we were <laughs> just, yeah, I was just talking about, uh, speech therapy, um, uh, with Jillian Moreno and Jillian's known me for a while. So when I walked in the room, she looked at me and she's like, why are you taking this class? You know this stuff. Get out. So I, and <laughs> And it, it was interesting. So the idea of the class, it's it's based on her, her new book called Yarn um, which is about spinning the yarn that you want, spinning for a particular project, because I'd say most spinners I know get fiber, sit down. Maybe they have a vague idea of what they want to do, but usually they're just like, here's fiber, and they just spin it. Um, and then they're like, oh, now what do I do this? Or they... <coughs> or they they're they're like i'm gonna make socks out of this and then they realize they ended up with like a dk weight yarn and they're like huh um so just delving in more about the qualities of yarn and also spinning yarn as a substitution for commercial yarn
0: yeah. is uh, that the picture you posted with the commercial yarn in your
1: spin next was to it? it
0: commercial yarn actually it was so what she had us do she was imagining someone else yeah spin. so she had us um
1: she was talking about how she makes her sample cards, and so she had us spin a little sample where we had um, a sample of the single on the card and then a, like a little plied sample, like your little ply back that you do just sort of on the fly while you're spinning. And she had us do one of those, and then she had us trade it with another student in the class and have to match what they had Ooh. spun. So that's what I was trying to do, was to try to match someone else's little randomly spun sample of yarn. But... Um, it definitely it brings to mind a lot of points though that I think are important for yarn substitution in general. That I mm-hmm. think are areas where certainly having worked in a yarn shop, I I see knitters mm-hmm. continually kind of miss that piece. Is that because most you know most knitters, if they're not spinners, they don't really understand that much about how mm-hmm. yarn is spun and. So they don't really understand them. But and I think understanding those basic characteristics, though, would be really, really helpful. And it would keep someone from substituting uh, Tosh Marino for Brooklyn Tweed, oh, yeah. you know, um, they're totally, shelter. They're
0: so different.
1: You know, where they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, five stitches to the inch, but but completely different spinning, of- different prep. You know, it's so to change the finished project, do so it much. in Tosh. It's going to weigh three times as much, um, yeah. or if it's written for Tosh, but you do it in Shelter, you're you know, it's going to be completely different in terms of the yeah. stitch definition, and you know, all these things. So, um, anyway, but the point. So, I, but it was fun to do. It was a good exercise. It definitely, I haven't, I I not touched my spinning since uh, the retreat back in April. Oh gosh. So, it you know, it was sort of. Reformed those connections in my brain of like, oh wait, I want my single to be bigger, and I want to do that. And how do I? What kind of adjustments do I make to my hands? What kind of adjustments do I make to my spinner to get the results that I wanted? So it was really good to take, um, just to kind of remind myself like, oh yes, I know how to do this. I got this.
0: If you do want to learn more, if you're not a spinner, want to learn more about yarn, how it's constructed, the Knitter's Book of Yarn and the Knitter's mm-hmm. Book of Wool. By Clara Perks, are both excellent. Like, yeah, I just pick them up and I like read them, and I feel like they. She makes it easy to understand. It's engaging to read, and I feel like a better knitter after I do that. So,
1: yeah. I I just I, I feel like good. knitters get very hung up on. Um, they ju- they're just thinking about gauge when it comes to yarn substitutions, and they're not thinking about. All those other qualities
0: that can be part of a yarn. Yeah.
1: So I just went
0: and I bought a bunch of yarn yeah. and I had lunch and then Indeed. I went over to Monica's and we drank and watched movies. Yes. Uh, which included the original Superman, the Christopher oh, Reeves, which I loved when I was a kid. Movie. He's so handsome. My memory of him this is getting kind of off topic, whatever. Um, my <laughs> We're talk about movies, it's fine. Yeah, my my memory of him now is of after he was in his accent when he oh. was doing all that PR stuff for people with um like paralysis, paralysis and, and stuff like yeah. that. Which, you know, he that was not his finest hour physically, but like watching Superman I'm like, What a handsome fellow. Oh, yeah. What a job yeah. Yeah.
1: No what's funny I I have this debate constantly with with my younger son, which is that I always argue that um, super, like the, all these new iterations of Superman, they keep trying to do it. They all kind of fall flat, and I think that in today's world, Superman is too good. He's too much of a like, yeah, he's like a one note goody goody, and good and life. Wes is always like, well, what about the you know the Christopher Reeve Superman? Those movies worked, and it's like, yeah, but they had a certain camping I mean, especially in mm-hmm. the later ones, but the first one, even it had a certain campiness to it. It had a sense of humor to it. It had a little wink to it mm-hmm. that, or also that, you know, like Lois is a little tart, <laughs> you know, like not, not she's a tart, but she is, you know, she's a bit sassy and she's, mm-hmm. you know, it's so, it, it's not just this like, whole.
0: I'm a woman who knows my own mind. I'm gonna boss all these guys around. Oh, Superman! You sure <laughs> are good looking, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like this one note of like, you
1: know, people are good. Good people are good. Bad people are bad. Yeah. Um, and therefore, it makes Superman. And even he's like, he's a, such a fish out of water, and they they have some fun with that in that you know in that movie and. Um,
0: And I forgot Marlon Brando plays his dad in the very beginning. Super rare little. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) My Madrona. It is great. I like it. Um, I'm going to the Knockers retreat next month, which is coming up very, very soon. That is the Northern Northern California California Knitters Knitter's retreat. And I'm road tripping with Monica. So that will be fun. I'm excited. And then the last bit of. Uh, housekeeping, if you wanted to, if you want to purchase the first issue of Stranded Magazine that was out last April of last year, uh, you should do that because it's going away at the beginning of April and it will not be available anymore. Um, and then it's up to the designers to republish their patterns. Um, so if you want everything, all the patterns that are in it, then you should do that before it goes away forever. Um. Oh, that's a different note for something else. <laughs> and that's it. Let's talk about knitting.
1: Okay. Here, let me pull out my, my notes. Uh, I knit the Deco Fans hat. Um, oh, I know I wrote it times, too, because I had to rip it up. That's right. Now, it's all coming oh, no. back to me. So, here okay. I am, like, going on about, like, people should pick the right yarn for their projects, and that, 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 that. All right. Uh-oh. So, clearly, do as I say, not as I do, because... <laughs> So I'm in this little informal knit along with friends for the year. And the next pattern for it is Deco Fans, which is a two-color slip stitch and little cable pattern. It, people keep, it looks kind of like two-color brioche almost, but it's actually done with slip stitches. And um, the original was knit in Mecha from Malabrigo. Mm-hmm. But I was like hell-bent to use something. I had in my stash, and I'm like, I have this yarn I spun. I can use it. And I started knitting and I was like, mm, this is going to be like an 800 pound hat. Cause the yarn that I'd spun that was like had alpaca, it had tensile in it Ooh. and made is single, it's puffy. It's super, it's a super wash. So if you can imagine, um, it's like Malabrigo worsted, but with a more consistent thickness to it. Um, so it's soft and fluffy and super light. Um, and the yarn I was knitting with was like lead and it was terrible <laughs> and it was terrible to try to do the pattern. in. it was like, just everything was struggling. I was like, I hate, the, and then I realized I'm just being a dummy because then I was at Madrona and I had friends who were looking for yarn in the market and they were like, should I do it in this? And I was like, no, it won't work in that because that's too blah, blah. And the, the more I'm talking to them, I would like, at some point I just turned them I'm like, I'm going home and ripping out my hat. Um, and Jessica, then, follow your own good yes, advice. Yes, I did. I followed <laughs> my own good advice. Um, and then, yeah, then I ran across the street to bad woman and bought two skeins of Mecha and knit the hat in like, boom, like no time. Cause it was such a dr- easy thing to knit in the mm-hmm. right yarn. And it was such a struggle on the wrong yarn. So there's a lesson for you. I mean, <laughs> I rarely knit things in the exact yarn called for, yeah. but, um, Mecha is a little, you know, there's not a lot of yarns out on the market that are that really like light, airy, um, but still sort of, but still smooth, four stitches to the inch. It's like a little bit of an unusual yarn. And there's not a lot out there that matches that. Um, so then I knit it again and it was very, it's very pretty and it was really easy to knit when I had the right yarn. Um, and then while I was at Madrone, I was working on my, um, infinity helix, which I mentioned the last time. I just cast on like a hundred ish stitches provisionally on a size six. And I just knit helix stripes in little random bits of sock yarn um, until it was about 50 inches long. Then I grafted the ends together, and I love it. It's so light and soft and drape, and it's, like, just... I like that length because it's long enough that you can um, double it up and not, like, be strangling yourself, um, but not where when you double it up, it's, like, hanging so low that it's actually not, like, keeping the front of your neck warm. Um so that came out great, and I was like, I should make another one of those. But then I was like, but maybe some other time. Because it, <laughs> it was a ton of knitting. It ended up being two skeins of sock yarn worth of knitting. So oh, just around yeah. and around and around and around and around. So, anyway. But it was... I was happy with it. Um, and then I made a spiral euphoria, which I just happened to be wearing. Here, look. Ooh. It's one skein of Malabrigo Rios that I bought at uh, Bizarre Girls when we went on the November retreat. Mm-hmm. And it's a Mobius. So it's a true Mobius where you do, like, the Mobius cast on. Mm-hmm. And then it's just this little, um, kind of directional... Oh, yeah, um, like that. ...like, knit together yarn-over situation <laughs> going on. Um, so I just did the smallest version of it, which used an entire skein of Rios, um... So look at that, two projects where I went out and I bought the yarn called for, and I did them. And the other thing that inspired me to do this is that it's for Malabrigo March. I was oh, like, yeah. I'm going to call it Malabrigo March. I'm going to use up, I'm going to use up the yarn left, oh, well, um, anyway, so then I decided to use up the leftover yarn from the Deco fans to make another hat, and be- again, because it's Malabrigo March. Um, so I just sort of made something up by cast on stitches. I just one night took a piece of graph paper and made like kind of a big pattern to do for for color work that wasn't much of anything and if i had thought it through more i might have changed some things about it but it's just <laughs> sort of a little like arrowy kind of thing big thing and then when i got to the top i was like now eh, i'm just gonna hit stripes so then i just did stripes until the yarn was gone i just cast that off at home like and you just put an hour ago like i just right? posted it. i just finished oh okay it. Like I literally like I was I, like that sounds like, familiar. It, it came, I'm just on yeah, Instagram. it came off the needles. I like took a picture of myself and then I came here. So oh, like cool. I just finished that, but so then both of those, like those three skeins of yarn that I like completely used up, which ah, you know I love that. That I love a that feeling. feeling. Um, and then the other thing I cast on for Malabrigo March, which is a much slower going project, is a hat called Rosencrans. Um, I forgot to write the designer's name down. It is two color brioche. And I have not knit two color brioche before wow. and I knit a bit of it and realized I, I don't know, I sort of had a few moments of like, oh, it would be better if I did this or better if I did that. So I actually ripped it all out and started again um, and much nicer the second time, but it's just really, it's, it's slow going and it's just one of the, cause there's just a lot of manipulating the stitches going on. Well, and if you haven't
0: done two-color brioche Yeah, and before. I've never
1: done two-color brioche before. And it's... Um, yeah. Although it was funny that I went to... When I went to just, like, knit the ribbing on the Mecha hat after doing the um, the two-color brioche. And also with um, with a spiral euphoria, you're doing a yarn over in between all your stitches. Um, I kept wanting to, like, make yarn overs Uh-oh. in between my knits <laughs> and my pearls. Um, but... Yeah, so it's just it's a it's and it's one of the, it's just slow going. It's like you really like nose to chart. So, I'm I'm actually I'm most of the most complicated part is over. There's just sort of a floral motif that happens at the bottom, and then it just goes into two color stripes going into the crown. So if I were to pull it out again, I I you know probably like one night's worth of studious knitting would mm-hmm. get me past the the thinking part of it, and then I would just be like going easy going from there. Cool. Um, and then oh yeah, I just realized I set up the rib run on this. And then what I'm working on right now that I just realized is completely wrong is mm. just a plain old hat and a skein of yarn that I bought a million years ago when I was at knitting camp. It's a skein of Quebec and, um, and I just grabbed it cause I was like, just wanted to get something on the needles so that, uh, if I wanted to go to the movies at some point, which I've been wanting to do with the kid, um, that I could, uh, just, quickly just grab something and just do some plain knitting if I had the ribbing all set up, which apparently I don't have the ribbing all set up because <laughs> I can't count to two, I guess. Um, it's, it's a it's, woolly wool is very woolly wool. I, I think as I seem to recall, I bought it because it's what Meg used to make, um, the sample twisted stitch hat that we were learning about at camp. And I obviously, like, until I started it, and then I ripped out whatever I had done. Um, But, yeah, it's not, like, delightful yarn or anything. But I just grabbed, like, the closest skein. Like, you, I'm never going to make anything out of you. (laughs) You're now becoming a hat. So, um, and I realized it wasn't even in my Ravelry stash, even though I've had it for probably 12 years. So. Cool. Yeah. And that's me. That's my knitting. right. Your list is long. Uh, yeah, it
0: is. And I just realized I have something else on that I didn't put on here. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just start with what I'm working on right now, which is a plain vanilla sock and self-striping yarn from Cannon Hand Eyes in the color for the birds. It's super cute. It is. It's orange and turquoise and white and hot pink. <clears throat> kind of orangey red, tomatoey red.
1: Yeah, it was funny. That whenever that was, like a week ago, where you posted a picture of working on those, and then my my friend um, Heidi from camp posted like a virtually identical photo of a different self-striping oh, yarn yeah. in like the same colors, and I'm like, it "Must be the night for like candy-colored stripes."
0: Yeah, so um, I bought this yarn at Madrona, and yeah. I'm almost to where I can start the toe.
1: You like hit your Madrona purchases hard this year. There was like. <clears throat> No
0: stash and yarn this year. I did not want to put it away.
1: So yeah, I just knit
0: from You're it. Just like I'm just knitting all of it. Yeah, so I'll talk about that. Then wait, I have other whips. Whatever. Okay, sorry. Um, I started the triangle. I put gloves mitts, but it's mitts and mittens by Hillary Grant from Knitting from the North. Um, in Elemental Effects sh- Shetland fingering that I got oh, on man. the retreat at Bazaar Girls in April. <laughs> I should read the pattern. Uh-oh. <laughs> generally. but well, she's, she's from the Orkney, from Orkney Islands, right? Uh, so it's color work knit flat, and it's three colors in a row. Oh. uh uh-uh. <laughs> um, So I started them and got all the way up through the fingers, because they have separate little fingers. And I was like, I haven't done that in a while. That's fine. And I tried them on, and because you do an afterthought thumb, there's there's no built-in gusset, mm-hmm. so it was not fitting well. Oh, Tight. Yeah, so I ripped out all the little fingers (laughs) and pulled it all the way down, and I'm knitting it flat, and what I'm going to do is probably put in some kind of, when I seam it, put in some kind of afterthought gusset thing, if I can figure that out, with the fingers, because then that'll make them lie really nice and flat. Yeah. So I mean, with the three colors on one row, there, it was just going to be tight, and there was no way to like without ripping the whole thing out and like figuring out a three that pattern gusset. Uh, just bleh. Mm-hmm. so those are on time out for a little okay. bit. <clears throat> I'm almost done with the first one though, and they're gorgeous, and I want them. So yes, I'm gonna finish them. They're just I just got really mad <laughs> <laughs> at them, and then I started. It's nice to hear that that happens to you, too, because
1: I feel like it's always me who's like, and then I screwed everything up. No, I threw (laughs) a total tantrum
0: because I had now all those dang little fingers. Oh, yeah. I hate... That's my... Uh, and so then I had to pull them out and have all these tiny little balls. Oh no! Oh, and they are, were they, were they solid or are they color? Work They're too? solid. Yeah. Oh god, it was like they it were also <laughs> color work. Then you'd just be like, you knit the cuff in one color, then you go to the color work part, which is three colors, and then you transition to a solid color. Okay. Huh. Still kind of a drag. It was totally a drag. Sorry. So. Yeah, I do get mad at my knitting, and Noah hears all of it. But then, like, I get over it and go back to whatever it is. Or I just frog it, but I really want the mitts, so I'm going to finish them. Um, there's a lot of cursing involved. <laughs> and I cast on Sophie by Jennifer Wood, Woodhouse, I think it is. It might be Jennifer Wood, but it's Woodhouse Knits. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a top-down, seamless cardigan in a DK weight yarn with like a cable pattern and I like it. I like her stuff a lot. Yeah, I am knitting it. There it is right there. I see it. I'm knitting it in Dorstad Creek Tweed DK in Sonia's Red, which is a red. (laughs) Yes. That's Tweety. That's Tweety. (laughs) Um, So there is something I noticed in her patterns which I think maybe for her it's a that's just how she likes her sweaters. But I did not like that. Um, where there's kind of a line that looks like a drop shoulder. And then uh-huh. there's like a of fabric. So I think that the... And this sweater, Sophie, is knit top down. So you cast on... You do a bunch of crazy stuff. But basically you're knit And it's a saddle shoulder. You're knitting the saddles. Then you're picking up mm-hmm. and knitting down from either side of those. Um, I think the saddle was too deep, so she starts with too wide of a shoulder Mm. measurement. Mm. And then when you go down, it just creates this weird pooch of fabric. So I'm trying to troubleshoot that for myself. I think Mm -hmm. I have it figured out. Yeah. But it's hard to tell with top-down stuff until you get to where you join the fronts and the backs after taking the sleeve off. I've never done a saddle shoulder from the top down. I've done, like, several iterations
1: of Elizabeth Zimmerman's. Mm -hmm. From bottom to oh, like yeah. seamless hybrid. Um or just the straight I think I just did like a regular saddle shoulder once as well. But um
0: yeah, I've never done a top down one, so yeah, that would be a little Yeah. So I was trying to I was like trying to envision the sweater kind of laying flat, like if you cut it up the side seams, mm-hmm. like what that would look like. Looking at the saddle length and then looking at pictures on Ravelry. And it just looked like the saddle was too long before you stopped. And mm-hmm. then you would pick up the full kind of length of stitches. Yeah. And for my size, that would have been like five inches. And five inches from where the neckline would be to where it ended and it would be like way down here. Well, I th- it probably stems from the problem that we've probably talked about a lot,
1: which is the, the way patterns are... Um, Sized, oh, yeah, and, you know, where they start with, especially, you know, if the designer is smaller, you know, mm-hmm. a smaller average sized person than they when they do get into the larger sizes, they're just doing this proportional increasing across all dimensions. But that even a larger woman or a woman with a large bust doesn't necessarily have giant shoulders or a 10 inch armhole depth, that, right? That's the other that's so especially that, true with raglan, yeah. So, that's those are. Areas that I think, frequently those are the measurements that I think get screwed up the most, particularly when you get into larger sizes and patterns because designers just expand everything by proportion and that's not actually
0: how. Right, and I'm to the point where I can like adjust stuff for my body, which is very helpful if you actually know what your body measurements are and how you like things to fit, which mm -hmm. I definitely know that about myself. So I'm going to try and figure this out. So I like it so far. I'm curious to see if what I thought was going to work will work when I get to that part of yeah. the pattern. So, Oh, I also cast on Imagine When by Hojio mm-hmm. Like, Did you do that Yarn Love Challenge thing last month? No, I just watched everybody else's. Yeah, so one of the prompts was Oldest Stash and pulled out the skin of Sundara yarn- <laughs> yeah. in Green Silky Merino in the mint julep color. So it's like a minty green. I was like, this is it, I think. Because I, like, weeded everything older out at this point. Or used it. And, uh, I just left it out. This is the thing about not wanting to put stuff away. Yeah. Uh, right after that, I was like, I think I want to knit that soon. So I just left it out. And then this pattern, Imagine When, calls for that yarn. It's like one skein of that yarn. <clears throat> what and I was like, ta-da! That's done. That's so strange. I know. And uh, serendipity. Yeah, I got that pattern from Hohi. who was like one of the door prizes I won at uh-huh. the Knocker's Retreat last year. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. perfect. Had the yarn. I don't have to buy the pattern. It's just it was meant to be. Meant to be. So I'm into the, the has Sent you your next year project. <laughs> the section, section two out of I don't know how many, mm-hmm. but it's good. It's like. Garter and eyelets, and then bind off. Well, you kind of add it sideways, so it's like Pico cast on bind off, Mm -hmm. you know, as you go. Which I'm not a huge fan of Pico, but these ones are spaced far apart. Yeah. I don't like the super close together ones. Yeah. Too frilly for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's all the things I'm working on, which is more than usual. Those four or five things, something? Yeah. Five things. But I finished a ton of stuff. Yes, you did. Oh my goodness! Uh, I finished the rainbow half blanket. <gasps>
1: it's right there. What? Oh did, my gosh! Yeah, I did kind of
0: a crap job um, blocking it because it's so huge. I don't have. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm gonna have to wait until we go on vacation and like really pin it out, like Ooh, in Audrey's gosh. room. Wow. Yeah. Wow, cute. And she's oh, look
1: at that. It's still kind of cuffy. Little Shetlandy. Yeah. You know, you your, your hap,
0: her hap. Cute. Yeah. I'm really happy with it. Happy. happy. Ah. So that's what I took with me to work on when I was at Monica's house at Madrona Weekend. And I knit almost all the sideways border, Ooh. like, that day. Ooh. And then finished the next day. And I was like, this is
1: done!
0: Um, I think it ended up being, like, five skeins of sock yarn. Yeah. Something crazy. So... That was a long... I'm so happy right now talking (laughs) about it. It was a very long project for me. I don't tend to have things going for that long. And I was just just got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to finish it. Good for you. So that's done. That was like the really big, exciting thing. I finished my Hubba Bubba socks that I talked last time. I saw them on Instagram. Yes. They're in Oink Pigments in the color Bubblegum Blues. And I just made up the pattern. And... And a skyping beanie. Oh, I finished that. Oh, these are things I finished, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daylight savings time is not my friend. Oh. I'll just say that. And I finished Goldfinch by Andrea Maori, and oh, I love it. I've been wearing it every day. Um, so it's like a multicolor shawl, right? Yeah, it's three color, sport weight. It has a stripe, garter stripes, and um, a lace section. And yeah, that's it. Cool. It's a it's a fun knit. Um, I had to pick up another skein of dyed in the wool because oh right those that's skeins what are we're two, about. yeah two hundred yards and it calls mm-hmm. for three hundred of that color so I knew I was gonna run out. Um, so did you pick that up at Madrona? too? They didn't have the color, so um, yeah. I got it from someplace else <laughs> I had it. I had to go out to Tolt to pick something oh. up, and they had it. They oh. had, like, two skeins of it left, and I'm like, oh, we'll take this one. <laughs> um, so I finished that, and I love it. And so I use Spin Cycle Dye in the Wool in the color pussy, pussy Willow that's, like, super bright yellow, gray, and black. And then wolf folk Tinned in a light gray and a dark oh, gray. So it's, like, so really nice. soft. It's really so squishy. Soft. It's just the best. I love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The the Wolf folk stuff is I mean it's like if I if money were no object Yeah. I mean even just from working with the um the far, I don't know if you found the same
0: thing with the tin, it gets really fuzzy really fast. Like even just as you're knitting with it, it gets um, really kinda hazy. Kind of. I definitely would not choose it for a sweater. I'll yeah. say that. Um also it doesn't it goes it feels slack, so it doesn't really have memory like I would want for a sweater. Um, but it's beautiful for accessories. I wonder... Or Sorry, I'm about or to like totally like- nerd out on
1: fiber. Never mind. I think I think mm-hmm. it's because it's made from that like special Ultra super fine, fine um Merino. I think they yeah. they do literally like take the fibers and like stretch them out right. to make them thinner. So, when, that probably takes a lot of the bounce out
0: of it, which is Good. why they do that, like, cable construction to give it a little more... Well, tint doesn't have... Oh, tint doesn't have... No, it's just oh, fine. Okay. But it is... It feels slack. It doesn't feel, like, a bouncy, mm-hmm. like, other merinos yeah. feel. Um, so, unless you were going to already knit something that had... That was supposed to be drapey and loose and like that. Yeah. If that was the quality you were looking for in a sweater, I wouldn't... I wouldn't knit it. Yeah into a sweater personally I mean people feel differently about things like that but um, I also don't think it would wear super well I think it would be really luxurious for like three months Mm -hmm. and then like I mean I poke holes in my right elbow sweater (laughs) so it would just like disintegrate yeah um what else did I do oh I knit Lucky by Solen. I don't know is that Kui Kui Lure it's a hyphenated name. Um, she's a French designer. And it's, uh, I knit that in... <laughs> <laughs> Local Color Fiber Studio. There we go. The Rambouillet. Oh, yes. The orange one. Yes. Died with Coryopsis that I bought at Madrona. Yes. Um, and it has a giant freaking pom-pom and I love it. It's just really big cables with some reverse stock in it. took like two days and used a whole skein of yarn between that and the pom-pom. Linen fiber
1: was one of my only stops at Madrona too. I got a skein of her um, her whole flock yarn, which is like oh her, yeah, I think it's like fin wool with uh angora mm-hmm.
0: from the animals that she raises. Yeah, Very I cool. love Emily. She's really nice. You yes. should give her your money. Yes. Oh, and she listens. Hi, Emily. Yeah, that's right. Hey, <laughs> hey. Um, I also bought another skein. She said I was the only one all weekend that bought orange yarn. What is wrong with P- I mean, I know you don't like orange. I'm just gonna say. But like,
1: I was leaving it for you,
0: Erin. <laughs> orange <laughs> is amazing. And there's an orange for everyone if you so choose to wear it. So, same with yellow, which is the other color I bought, dyed with marigolds. And yeah. that's going to be, I think, maybe mitts or something. Mm-hmm. Like, nice chunky mitts. I just really like how her yarn feels. The, oh, you it's got the The, the, the ramble in both, mm-hmm. both the colors? Yeah. Okay. I love yeah. it. So, I'm so it, Lucky. And it's fun to knit. Uh-huh. And the last thing I finished is Coronis by Emily Ringelman. Um, and you can buy it as a single pattern or it's an issue 10 of Pom Pom Quarterly. If you already have that, it's the cover sweater. So I knit that out of Brooklyn Tweed Arbor. And that was like an impulse purchase. So it like doubled my budget <laughs> like what <when> I was <laughs> spending on yarn. It was so worth it. I love that yarn. Oh, bit. really! It's okay. his new one. Yeah. that is. It's a worsted worsted spun because the
1: rest of his yarns are woolen. Yeah,
0: bun. so it's again Smooth, that, like bouncy, smoother.
1: Um, you know, so it's got better stitch
0: definition, mm-hmm. but also denser, heavier yarn. Yeah. Some people talk about his yarns, uh, Brooklyn Tweed yarns, that like pull apart really easily. Mm-hmm. This is much more of a, like a traditional yarn you would see from a like a big box company kind of. Yeah. Um, but it's lovely. It's not super wash, which is what I love in one. I love that in sweat, I, although Sophie's in super wash, yeah. but, um, I knit it. Let me describe the construction. It's top down with a circular yoke, and it's mainly one color, and it has this little, these little stripes that are in a second color, and then in the center of those stripes, you have a third color. Oh, okay. So, I used Dorado, Klimt, and Heron. So, the super dark green with some blue in it, uh, gold, which is klimt obviously, and heron, which is gray. Um, Because I bought yarn without a plan, which I don't tend to do usually, and I got six skeins of the green, two of the gold, and then one of the gray. And I had this pattern. I was looking at it and looking at it, and I was like... Uh, I'm just gonna knit a swatch. So I knit a swatch, and then my gauge was off, but the yardage requirements were loosely correct for what I had. I was like, I'm just gonna cast on and cast it on with the thought that I might have to rip the whole thing out, and I was fine with that because knitting the yarn was so nice. (laughs) Um, What I ended up—what was it? My gauge was DK on a five, so 22 by 32 on a five. And the pattern calls for 24 by something. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to make adjustments for length. Yeah. And for width. So I ended up following the size 6, which is like one or two sizes down from where I would normally. I'm always on the higher range of pom-pom because they don't go super high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up following a 6, and then doing the math, I could just follow the 6 for the whole thing. So I followed a 6 for the whole thing. And it fits perfectly. I think the only mod I made, besides having a different gauge and doing that math, was um, I made the waistband ribbing shorter because it's supposed to be three inches, and I did it two, which thank God because that is twisted ribbing. And I was uh, done with uh, it. Yeah. Ugh, twisted ribbing. Like Audrey Nuns. <clears throat> like start with five. And I shortened half that one too. <laughs> five and a half inches of twisted ribs. Like, oh, why? <laughs> is it ever going to be over? No. Um... I've already worn it twice, I think, and it's so light and lofty. and It's like the perfect sweater to wear right now. I love it. I love it. Yeah. If you haven't tried Arbor Yarn, I highly recommend it. I feel like it's worth the price. I keep. I always go to it, yarns it and are I pick Kind it. of on the higher. End, yeah, I always but. go
1: to it. I pick it up, and well, my first thought is always that there isn't a shade that like deeply appeals to me like it's mm-hmm. like oh this is okay but nothing where i'm like oh yes you like that really draws me in and then i stand there and i hold it for a while and i'm like do i really need to pick up some dk i'm just like mm-hmm. i feel like i don't i never feel like i need this
0: yarn so then i always end up putting it back down and going to yeah. do something else i just, was looking at the loft too because i was thinking oh fingering weight sweater would be good mm-hmm. but then i saw that and i said that. Dorado, that color, that's the color I need right there. Perfect. And then I knit it, and now I'd have to put it in my stash. <laughs> um, so I ended up, I think, with half, a little less than half of the skein left of the main color, the green, and then most of a gold one, and most, I mean, the gray it was like two rows for every stripe, Oh, yeah. or two rounds for every stripe that you knit. So I hardly used any. So I have plenty to do, you know, a hat or mitts or something like that. Mm-hmm. That. Enjoyable yarn, light and lofty, good for sweaters. I highly cool. recommend. But you don't usually gush over yarn yeah. like that, but it's nice. It is nice. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. I see that you enjoyed it, yes. I enjoyed it very much.
1: What have you been reading? Right. So, reading. Oh my god, have I already forgotten what we just read? Oh, we just read Where'd You Go Burned it by Maria Semple from Book Club. I hated it, <laughs> thought it was stupid. Um, which I realize is not a very popular opinion. Most people are like, I like it. I love it. But I was saying to, um, to someone at Madrona who was like, I thought it was fun. Is that like, I, I don't read a ton as you guys now have had eight years of evidence to that. (laughs) Um, so with this book club, I'm like trying to read 12 books in a year. And I generally, when I do read, I like to read literary fiction and it's just a lot lighter and fluffier than all that. Um, So, to me, it felt like, this is a waste of time. Like, I just, I kind of resented it for just... And it just wasn't that fun. I mean, it's like, okay, if you're just going to be light and silly, I just wish it had been funnier and everyone in it was less annoying. And there was not a, like, real moment in that entire book. Like, there was not a moment that I felt like... I believe this thing like, and that just bugged me. And it's another, okay, my last one, last one, last thing that bugged me about this book, sorry, is that it is written, it is an epistolatory book where it's comprised of various like emails, documents, notes that are put together. So all these different sources are supposed to be written by all these different people and they're written in completely the same voice. There's no distinction between like, the email from this person, the email from mm. that person, and the note that was left. Like, it all sounds like the same person, which really, I felt like, is a shortcoming of the book. But I can't stop bitching about that. Right now, I'm <laughs> reading Summer Before the War by Helen Simonson, which I'm also really not digging. Uh-oh. It's, it's coming across... I mean, and I'm not very far into it, but so far, it's very, like... I say dear chap, what what? You know, and it's just like n- but not in a fun like Jeeves and Worcester sort of way. <laughs> That's exactly what popped in my it's head. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like what Jeeves and Worcester was making fun of, I uh. feel like, but I don't know. I'm not that far into it. Maybe it'll develop into something right now. It's just sort of meeting the characters and everything's like, I say, Aunt Agatha, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, no, not feeling it. But I will persist, I hope, in time to <laughs> in time to finish it for book club. What are you reading?
0: I finished the psychopath test by John Ronson, which I recommend. Yeah. It's fun. I mean you for passed. learning about psychopaths. <laughs> I think I'm I have some tendencies towards psychopathy. psychopathy. Yeah. always yeah, psychopathy. <laughs> I like it better that way. <laughs> um yeah, it's fun and it's just it's fun nonfiction, which mm-hmm. I find that it's hard to find that. Yes. Mary Roach is really good at that. Mm-hmm. But um Yeah, Wes has read a bunch of her stuff yeah. too. So, two thumbs up if you want to learn about this man's personal journey of finding what a psycho finding out what a psychopath is, and he is a humorous writer. I finished Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury, yes. which I was almost done with the last time. I think um, it's about two boys who uh, this weird circus comes to town and. There's supernatural stuff involved. Yes. And that's all I'll say, because I talked about it quite a bit last time, I think. I read a collection of short stories called Furnace by Olivia Llewellyn. She's... I think she's local, because a lot of the stories were set in Tacoma and Bellingham. And apparently her genres are... <laughs> which is very apparent in this book, which... I don't usually look up authors before I just, I just pulled this off the shelf of the library. Supernatural stuff, horror, and erotica, which is <laughs> <Just laughs> interesting and very apparent in some of the stories. Okay. They were very hit or miss for me. Some of them I thought were very good and very interesting, and some of them were just gross. <laughs> so, um, Funny. I did like that, uh, that several of them were set in the area, like, places uh-huh. I'd been, because that's, that's always fun to, like, To read fiction set where you live. That's
1: funny, though, because Where'd You Go, Bernadette is supposed to be set in Seattle, and she fills it with all these, like, really specific Seattle references, Mm -hmm. and yet it didn't feel authentic and it. Yeah,
0: it just... You know, it's like, she's just naming, like, real restaurants and things. She didn't give dar- directions by things that used to be where other things are now? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's totally something no. that happened. Although,
1: the character is a transplant from California,
0: so she... So am I! Yeah. But, but I do she... the Seattle thing. I'm like, I you know. know where Twin Teepees used to be? Yeah. That was not... That did not even exist yeah. when I first moved here. Oh, no, really? No, it was gone. <laughs> but I know where it was. Yeah. That's the total um,
1: Seattle thing.
0: Or it's like, you know, up by where Tubby and Tubby's used to be. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing because no, when I worked at um at Bellevue
1: Square Mall I had a co-worker who grew up in Bellevue and he'd always say someone would be like where's the bathroom and he goes well do you know where the movie theater used to be and I used to always say to him like if they knew where the movie theater used to be they'd know where the bathroom is now like, <laughs> like well, that's not okay yeah let's assume it's their first visit <laughs> they don't know where the bathroom is
0: that's right that's a thing that people in Seattle do a lot yeah <laughs> Especially with it changing so much, it's like yes. I don't—I'll drive past a block and then all of a sudden there's something. I was like, oh, what's happened? <laughs> ah. Um. <laughs> anyway, yes. The last thing I'm reading is "Tiny Pieces of Skull" by Roz Cavney or Cavney, and this is a book that was written in the '70s, but not released until recently. And it's a very slim book. It's a novella. It's about trans street life and bar life in London and Chicago in the late 70s. da da, da. da, da. Fun and terrifying by turns and full of glimpses of other lives, it is the story of how beautiful Natasha persuades clever Annabelle to run away from her life in London and have adventures, more adventures than either, them, either of them quite meant her to have. So she, Annabelle, <clears throat> meets Natasha in London and... They kind of like figure out that each other are that they're both men transitioning to women, mm-hmm. and um, Natasha kind of takes Annabelle under her wing, gets her involved in some shady stuff, and then it's like, "Oh hey, I'm going to America real soon. you should come and so Natasha leaves then Annabelle follows her, spends some time in New York, and then goes to Chicago, and uh, meets all these like you know weird characters and gets involved in all these shenanigans but it's like really about street and trans life Mm -hmm. in the 70s. Some of it is really poignant and I think sad and interesting too and I'm just like I don't really know that much. I mean I know some because it's 2017 (laughs) but um just reading it and I think Roz Cavney or Cavney is transgendered and so she's writing it from her own personal experiences. Um, So it's really interesting. I enjoy it. Some of it's really funny. And let's see. It was... Oh, she's British. But it was just published in 2015. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: And apparently she was friends with, like, Neil Gaiman and Joanne Harris and stuff. So um, there's a lot of, like... Funny dark humor between transgendered women mm-hmm. and them trying to hustle men, like visitors to Chicago, like who don't know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting and it's something I've never read that much about before. So it's called Tiny Pieces of Skull or A Lesson in Manners. Yeah. And it's like 180 pages. Huh. And I'm I don't know. How'd you hear about yeah. it? I saw it the, the library. Library. I was like, like, skulls. Give me tiny pieces of skull. <laughs> and look at the cover. Yes, it's kind of scary. Very interesting. People. Oh, that's the bar they go to. I think yeah. called the Chatterbox, <laughs> which is amazing. So, recommend All if you're right. interested in that kind of thing. Um, there's a there's a lot of ta- kind of interesting talk about gender perception. Cool. Which I think we could all learn a little more about that. I don't want to vex people. Yeah. Not gonna get into it that much. <laughs> That's it. righty.
1: So I've been watching a bunch of stuff. Me too. Um I saw on Netflix that season two of Crazy Ex Girlfriend was on there and I like binged that so hard. I love that show. Um <laughs> actually I know I was thinking about it too because um I think I sent it to you uh like when you went on a little Ray Bradbury binge a couple like a year or maybe when crazy ex-girlfriend first came out because the woman who creates this show, who's the star, um, uh, Rachel Bloom, um, first became like internet famous. Cause she's got a video for a song called F me, Ray Bradbury. Oh, yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. sending it to you. you did so send I thought it you to would me. think that was funny. It is funny. It is funny. <laughs> um, but this show is nuts and I love it. Um, and yeah, I watched and I was, yeah, yeah, very sad now it's like i'm like uh, i gotta wait like i gotta even know how long i have to wait now for another season to come out (laughs) and then my friends at journal were talking about like it was i had this like play to fish thing where like suddenly everyone was talking about acorn tv and i'm like what the frig is acorn tv and it's like you can it's like not all british but like british other european tv shows that you like can subscribe through through amazon prime for like an additional fee Anyway, they were having a free thing and they were all talking about how they love this show called Agatha Raisin, which it's is a sweet name. Well, so it's, the character is played by um uh, Ashley Jensen, the Scottish actress who she used to be on Ugly Betty and she's on Extras. Okay. And I, and I love her. She's hilarious. Um but so she plays Agatha Raisin who's a super um successful um London um PR person and and so but she's retired and she's buying a little home and she's gonna go live in Cornwall in some tiny village. So off she goes and um and then of course the first thing that happens is dun 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 murder. Yay! And then so then she <laughs> somehow becomes like this little detective lady. I mean this very um feisty, sexy detective lady, but um but it's just—it's one of these ones where, it, like, you're watching it, and well, one—I mean, the murder, the mysteries are not that interesting. So it's just like you're kind of enjoying it because the characters are kind of silly or sweet or whatever. But mostly just silly. Um, but it's one of these things where it's like, this town has a population of like 300, and by the end of the first season, seven of them have been murdered. <laughs> like, what is hap? Like, it, and, it, and I used to think about it too. I used to watch Wire in the Blood, and um, it was another one where you like is there anyone left alive in Northern England? (laughs)
0: Because
1: (laughs) it's just one of these shows where like murder after murder after murder. It looks like it, like this must be the murder capital of the world. Um, and every show, like, First, you know, first someone gets murdered, then no one thinks it's a murder, then they all think it's a murder, and then they're gonna, and then, then the person investigating the murderer gets kidnapped by the murderer. I mean, it's the, every single episode, and it's like there's only six of them. It's like you couldn't come up with a little variety with like that few episodes to not just keep repeating the same pattern over and over again. Anyway, not the biggest fans, but eh, was, I still like Ashley Jensen. But, eh. I can listen to her accent all day, I love her. Okay. Um, but, uh, and then I watched, I said this is, I like, on netflix and it like the first page came and was like sausage party is now available to you online oh okay. and I'd heard, I'd heard i mean the reviews for it were good mm-hmm. when it came out and i'm like oh, i'm curious and i have a fairly high threshold for seth rogan evan goldberg Shenanigan. like i love super bad i think it's a great movie mm-hmm. um i thought this in the end is like it's got it's good parts it's i think it kind of fell flat in some areas so i'd say the same with sausage party like when it's working It's hilarious. So Sausage Party, if you don't know, it's a CGI film that is really not for children about food, where basically the idea is that food believes, in the grocery store, they believe that, um, I can't remember what they're called, like, they call them, like, the great ones, like, humans come to the store and take them away, and then when they leave, they'll get to have sex, um, not with, like, with each other now, finally, um... And so the main two main characters are like a hot dog, Seth Rogen, and the bun that he's in love with, which is like Kristen Wiig. Until a piece of food is returned to the store with harrowing tales of what really happens to food <laughs> when they leave the grocery store. Um, so what it ends up being actually about is religion mm. and belief and facts versus belief and differing beliefs and so it actually has some very interesting things to say Mm -hmm. it's not as just all like kind of like sex and fart joke as you think it would be but there's plenty of that like like so much (laughs) of that um so it had some parts that i thought were really really funny some things that were like shockingly insightful um and then parts that were just so gross disgusting ridiculous it was like guys come on let's like wrap it up here you're boring me um but anyway it's it's actually like if you like if you think super bad is funny or if you thought this is the end is funny definitely worth (laughs) watching um if you think any of those films are like too off color for you then stay
0: far away from this one because it is way off color um, speaking if, if the name sausage party, yes.
1: If, if it didn't clue you in. Um, so then speaking of films though, that can be viewed a couple of different ways. I watched magic Mike finally, which i oh, never yeah. watched. So I think most people watch magic. Mike is like, "Woo, take it off, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, as if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, no, I really love Steven Soderbergh and I've seen most of his films and, so I was kind of, I was watching it as a Soderbergh film. And when you're viewing it through the lens of, like, Soderbergh and his work, it is a really sad, depressing, kind of nihilistic <laughs> film. It's not... And that all the stripping parts actually are, like, incredibly depressing. And there's nothing, like, woo, sexy about it. It's so... And I thought it was a really interesting film. It definitely touches on some of the themes. Um, I mean... It's, I think much more successful film than the girlfriend experience that he made uh, for maybe a couple of years before magic Mike, which I didn't think was one of his better films. Um, but you know, I mean at this point maybe everybody's already seen magic Mike. So Channing Tatum is a stripper in Tampa. Um, you know, but he's got dreams of doing something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and he meets this kid, um, who he, um, introduces into like the world of male strippers and, Uh, develops a relationship with his sister. Um, and so it's all like all the personal relationships in it are all very like subtle and low key. And then it's contrasted with this really
0: seedy, sad, like there's a stripper the way I see it. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey
1: in the greasiest nasty. Oh my God. He's like, he just makes your skin
0: crawl. Yeah. He's gross. And
1: so that's the funny thing. It's like, I'm watching it. I'm like, this is a horror movie. Like
0: this is terrible. (laughs) And I know so many people are like, ooh, Magic Mike, woohoo, so much uh, fun. I, I'm going to punctuate this with, Channing Tatum's a very good dancer. Yeah, he's
1: a great dancer. He's a great looking guy. I mean, like, there's no question about it, but there's sort of an underlying oh, yeah, are gross to the whole thing. And the fact that they're supposed to be sort of this, like, kind of off the strip, if you will, re- location you know kind of cruddy location in tampa like their big dream is like they're gonna go to miami like you know it's sort of like i don't know like if you were like a stripper like in reno and you dream of going to vegas or something but but worse Mm -hmm. somehow um and that yeah so it's I mean, and it has some funny parts to it, and anyway, but I just, it's funny, because I think people always talk about it like it's this, like, fun, sexy movie, and And I thought it was really depressing.
0: I watched it, I think I've seen it twice now, Uh, and the first time I was like, what the bleep? Yeah. (laughs) And the second time I was like, okay, now that I got the kind of depressing watch out of the way, I can watch it and, like, enjoy just some of the coot." Crude humor. Yeah. And the relationship between them, the strippers. Yeah. Um, and the stripping. Yeah. And I've heard
1: the, best, the second so. film is really played as a comedy. Oh. But, yeah. I don't know, but Soderbergh didn't direct that one. Yeah. But this one, it's like, I couldn't help but like see. <clears throat> I mean, his style is very particular. And if you've seen a lot of his films, like, it feels very familiar and kind of going back to similar themes. So, um,. Anyway, and then I also watched... Let's talk depressing. I watched Bright Lights, which is the um, Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds documentary um, on HBO. I haven't watched it yet, because I'm
0: afraid it's going
1: to make a ball. It's... It doesn't... I mean, when you're watching it, it's so funny, though, because there's such kooks. And they're. It's just funny, and, you know... But, I mean, what a train wreck of a life Carrie Fisher had, and... Um, yeah, so just... And this, you know, this documentary was already... About to be released when Mm -hmm. they, and then when they both died within whatever, two days of each other, they, they pushed up the release date on it. Um, but definitely worth, I mean, I know you love documentaries, so definitely worth watching. Um, and if you have any interest or affection in these two, it's a very like interesting and like personal look into their lives. I mean, not like Carrie Fisher was ever that private about her life, but, um, and then, Uh, Last week when we were supposed to record, but I forgot and put a roast in the oven. (laughs) That's a thing Um, that happened. That's totally a thing that happened. (laughs) I was like, I knew like I needed to come, but I didn't do the math part of like roast will still be an oven when I need to leave Mm -hmm. the house. So I blew it. But then, in Your Honor, I watched Byzantium. Oh, yeah. Which I know, because um, you'd been like asking it. about other vampire movies. I love um, vampire movies. And I think somehow I didn't put together, I didn't remember that it was a Neil Jordan film. Oh, yeah. So then I was like, because I started watching it, and then the credits are rolling. And I was like, oh, it's a Neil Jordan film. Yeah, okay. it's very just,
0: pretty. There's some problems with the story a little bit, but overall, yeah, it's, it's
1: very... it's interesting. I mean, it's a... Um, I think I, I liked the... The reimagining what I mean, it, it
0: really reimagines the, the creation story for a vampire yeah. and like what Which is vampires my, can't be. My, fa- my favorite part of it was yeah. the, the kind of genesis of vampire kind
1: of thing. Um, but also, like, you know, like there's none of the like can't go out in the daylight stuff or anything. Yeah. It's just, um, and they don't have fangs or, you know, so it's uh, sort of reimagining what it means Saoirse to be. A
0: Ronan is so good. Yeah. She's really good. And
1: then uh, Gemmer, Gemma at at... What's her name? Adder? Yeah, I've looked it up
0: up a bunch of times. and All I can remember is Gemma.
1: Gemma, I want to say like Adder... Atherton
0: Adder, something. Anyway, her boobs should get like their own credit. Oh my gosh, they're amazing! <laughs> she's got like and everything she's wearing is like the period woo. dress and the yeah like, the modern holy dress. Holy cow! I was like, damn. She's like running, and yeah, I'm like, like, whoa! They just no. stayed there. It's <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it was really. I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting. Just sort of this, you know, amazing to me that in this day and age we can still have like new takes on vampires and yeah. new ways of telling vampire stories. So I, I liked that about it. It reminded me though. Have you ever seen *In the Company of Wolves*, which is Neil Jordan's werewolf film that he made in the that's late '70s? Film, that's Angela Lansbury's in it. I don't think so. Because I was looking up super uh, terrifying <laughs> disgusting it? and it's like really early days of um uh like i mean they, i don't even think they had like cg it was like animatronic and makeup mm-hmm. effects to get like the like right around the same time they did american werewolf in yeah. london to get the werewolf effects and mm-hmm. it's just um so it's this retelling of like the little red riding hood story. i haven't i mean i haven't seen this movie in probably like 20 years but it sounds really um, familiar, and you know, so it's sort of like sexy, gross kind of werewolfy movie with Angela Lansbury in it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my memory of it. But um, yeah, anyway, no, but I so I was glad that I that I watched it. I thought it was it was and interesting.
0: I, it didn't really get a lot of press at all. No, and well, it's a newer movie, two thousand fourteen or fifteen or something yeah. like that. Um. Yeah, I enjoy it. I've watched it multiple times. It's streaming on US Netflix right now. So yeah. you, you too can watch it if you feel so inclined. Mm-hmm. Those amazing boobs. Yeah. They yeah. don't move. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of things. Yeah. So let's go back to documentaries for a minute. Okay. I watched Barkley Marathon. <gasps> Wasn't it a great? Which is on Bar- Netflix They're not great, but like crazy. Oh, wackadoo. So crazy. I don't know why people do that to themselves. It's about the Barkley Marathon. Which is like this whole other level insane ultra marathon. Yeah. You do like five loops, but you run one clockwise and the next one counterclockwise. Each loop and is then 20 miles. You gain like 1,200 feet in elevation. The cumulative
1: elevation change is like climbing, summoning, and descending Mount Everest twice. Yeah. yeah. And you end up running 100 miles. And you're like not on trails. You're like running through brush and like brambles. And yeah. Like, there's a part it's where you drained.
0: had to like crawl underneath a prison in water and like a drainage through a drainage thing, mm-hmm. and then you have to take pages out of a book at these different check-in points, so they make sure that you didn't just like go come back, come back, yeah, as check-in. It's crazy. It's super crazy. It was good though. Yeah. I enjoyed it, and I'm not usually a well. I like mountain climbing documentaries. Yeah. Because I don't understand why people do that. Yeah, and I, I liked this because I yeah. also don't understand why people would it's, do it. Because it's not like a sports documentary; it's mm-hmm. like a psychological
1: portrait of.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they have people from all over the world, and I think they let forty in each year, and some years nobody finishes. Or only six people have, or like when they started shooting the documentary, only like six people had Yeah, finished. but they had two people
1: finish during the right. documentary. Um, and then if you only complete like a single loop, they call it a fun run. <laughs> <laughs> and then they it's also had fun. the guy there who had, had the record for the longest. Like he'd only managed to go like one mile and it took him 16, 16 hours. Because hours he, he got, got lost.
0: lost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So crazy. that was good.
0: I also watched a new one on HBO is tickled about competitive oh. tickling and it is skeezy. It's about yeah. this New Zealand reporter who saw the video on YouTube about competitive tickling as a sport. Like, well, this is it. He's a culture and lifestyle, like pop culture and lifestyle um, reporter. He started going into it and it ends up there's all this shady stuff around it. Yeah. Shady. It like, was going back, I think it to showed the early at, it. showed
1: it. sif. And so people had been talking about it a lot in town, but it sounded
0: like it would be the sort of thing that would just skeet me out and I didn't want to know. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of gross. Yeah. But interesting. I mean, if you, (laughs) (laughs) like someone trying to pass off competitive tipping as a sport and there's like blackmail and like, um, fake identities and like all this, all this crazy stuff involved. So. Yeah. It's available to you if you are so interested. (laughs) Um, let's see. What else? I watched Santa Clarita Diet. I kind of hate watched it. Oh, yeah. I I like their, um, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Ollivant. I really like their family relationship is Uh really cute. But otherwise, I was like, nah. But I hate watched it. I
1: feel like by the time it ended, I was like, okay, now we're beginning. And then it stopped.
0: And I was like, what? What? (laughs) Yeah. The best part of it was Laura Palmer's mom. What's her name? Oh, is? Grace Zabriskie. Yeah. Yeah. She's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Like, I had moments that I liked. Moments that yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, I watched... All, it's
1: like six, I six episodes like of It goes by minutes. so quick. I know. And I felt like, though, like, when it finally... Like when I finished the last episode, like now we're getting somewhere, and I was actually like perked up in my chair, like interested. And then it ended. Yeah. So I, I definitely would watch the next season when it comes out just because I'm curious, like where are they gonna go with this, yeah. what's gonna happen. So but some of the know. dialogue
0: was just kind of lazy, and I'm like, you could have, yeah, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Can't go back and change it now to suit my tastes. <laughs> um, let's see. I watched Eastern Promises. Oh, it's on HBO now. It is really good, but it's super dark, so... And if you want to
1: see a naked knife fight with Viggo Mortensen, there's your film. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (sighs) I have, like, I have a thing with, like, knife violence, and, like, that's, Mm -hmm. like, my, like, my
0: water... Like, I just can't watch that. So that
1: was, like... (sighs) 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 So
0: what happens is this young girl shows up um, at a pharmacy, and she passes out, and then she has a baby in the hospital... And she passes away. Who's the woman? I just forgot the nurses. Oh, Naomi Watts. Oh, right. Is right. the nurse. And she's trying to figure out who the girl's family is and, like, where she belongs. Because the girl is, uh, has a Russian accent. She finds the girl's diary with all the sketchy stuff in it. And then traces it back to this Russian family in the city. Naomi Watts's dad was Russian. And she has this... Russian uncle that lives in the town and he's like, don't get involved in this. This isn't good. Cause he asked, she asked him to translate the diary cause it's all in Russian and, um, it's so Russian mob stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Goes into like, uh, sex trafficking and stuff yeah, like I'm that. I'm totally forgetting
1: who directed that.
0: It is good, but it's very dark. So, um. In the end, I remember not loving it. I thought it was good. I, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Viggo Mortensen's really good, and there's a couple of twists in there that I was not really expecting, so, yeah. That's also on HBO now, because Andy's been trying to get me to watch it for, like, forever, and I was like, oh, it's finally on a streaming oh, service. Oh, Cronenberg. No wonder... Oh. Yeah, yeah. No wonder it has a scene in it that completely grosses
1: me out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I watched Swiss Army Man, Ooh. which is good. Is it good? I liked it. Okay, I... I- I Paul heard, Dano's
1: amazing. I heard so many mixed things about it. This is the film where Daniel Radcliffe plays a corpse.
0: Yeah. This is true. Yeah. It's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe, basically for 95% of the movie. Huh. Uh, it's a dark comedy. <laughs> and it's kind of sad. So, yeah. but the music is amazing. Uh, and Paul Dano's amazing. I love them. Everyone, I, whenever I heard people talking about it, it was about Daniel Radcliffe um but Paul Dano's totally the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not gonna really talk about it. Except yep. if, you know, Daniel Radcliffe is a corpse. Paul Dano is not, it's a, corpse. not a corpse. they're friends. They hang out. There you go. <laughs> in the woods in California, in the redwoods kind of of California. So Um I enjoyed it. So watch Green Room. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Green Room. Which is an indie film? I forget the director. Has Patrick Stewart in it, and it's basically punks versus skinheads. Oh, which right. made me really happy because the skinheads <laughs> don't win. Um, basically, this band from Washington D.C. is touring on the West Coast. They're in Oregon. A show falls through. The guy hooks them up with his cousin. The guy who's putting on the show hooks them up with his cousin's um, venue. That he books for. Um, But he's like, here's the deal. It's like 350 door. Drinks. But it's a skinhead place. So just like, whatever. So the first song they play when they get there is Nazi (laughs) books. And they're like, this is a cover. So I was like, okay, you're kind of asking for it at that point. Um, But then, like, a murder happens. And they're kind of trapped. And they're trying to get out. And Patrick Stewart plays a villain. Like, King of the Skinheads. And he's... Like, trying to clean everything up, um, as if it didn't happen. But, what's her name? Shaquette? Oh, um, uh, Aaliyah Shaquette. Yeah. There you go. I would say her name wrong. Or, yeah. I say her. Oh, and Imogen Poots is in yes. it? And I love her. Um, it's just good. So, if you like punk music, I guess I feel like... Is it, it like... Know.
1: I it's like, is it like a horror movie or is it a crime? It's a thriller.
0: Okay. Okay, I've heard, yeah i've heard it described different ways so horror to me is like more supernatural kind of mm-hmm. not real stuff uh where this is definitely a thriller to me because there's a murder and it's just really tense it's like suspense and based, based. recommend it if you like punk rock music Yay, bonkers music! (laughs) Um, And Patrick Stewart's for the good, even though he plays a villain. And I'm like, John Luke, what are you doing? Being king of the skinheads, don't do it. Um, And I watch I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is a dark comedy with, Elijah Wood and
1: mm-hmm. the woman whose name I always forget, Melanie. Melanie, Liz, 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 Liz. she was yes. in Together. She's one of the stepsisters in Ever After. And she's in.
0: She's um, in a ton of stuff. Heavenly creatures.
1: Heavenly creatures. Heavenly creatures with Kate. Yeah, because she's. Uh, you can picture her in your in. mind right now. I know. I know. I know. Uh, what's her name, Melanie? I always forget her name because it's a new movie on like Netflix. So she was in.
0: L word too. Melanie Linsky. There we go. Togetherness, yes. Yeah. So she's the the main character in this movie. She is tired of people being assholes, which I totally agree with. (laughs) What happens is she comes home from work, finds dog poop in her yard for, like, what happens every day, apparently. She's just over it. She goes in. She realizes her house has been broken into. Her computer is stolen. Um, Her grandmother's silver is stolen. Then she... um, meets up with Elijah Wood, who's one of her neighbors, because it's his dog named Kevin, which I think is a hilarious name for a dog, um, (laughs) has been, like, pooping in her yard, and she sees him walking away, and so she, like, throws poop at him. Um, And he's got this gross rat tail. (laughs) So, like, yeah. Um, But they become, like, kind of partners, and he helps her try to find her stuff and get it back. Um, But it goes from, like, dark comedy to, like, Pretty brutal, fairly quickly. So, I recommend it with that caveat. Like, yeah, I
1: started to watch it, and I watched, like, the first minute of it, and I was like, I don't think I'm in the right headspace, and I just yeah. decided to... to
0: it's really good, um, but it does get brutal really quickly, yeah. and I, <laughs> there's a lot of yelling, what the bleep, at the top of my voice. I mean, not that loud, but, you know. Yeah. No, I was like, what are you watching? I was like, you have to watch this with me. Come here. Because <laughs> he tends to, like, wander in and out of the room as I'm watching weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and then being confused about what's going on. Like, I'm not explaining to you. Just come over here and watch it. Um, so I recommend that. It was good. Despite okay. the rat tail. Yes. Um, I did not like Kevin a lot. Uh, 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 uh. and movie and in the theater. A movie in the theater. I saw Get Out, which is amazing, and everyone should watch it. That is what I've heard. Everyone should watch it. It should be standard education movie. Viewing. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's so smart, and it's so funny, and it was one of the only times... It's the only time there's been so, such polite, like, golf clapping for things that are happening during, like, a horror thriller movie. It was great. I went with Andy on a Thursday night, and uh, the theater was almost full. And, like, this stuff was happening. People were like... <laughs> it was great. Uh, I think it's just so smart in so many ways. Cool. And I don't... I think that most people have heard about it yes so it's a jordan, P- jordan peele film um where this um black man is going with his white girlfriend to visit her parents for the first time and the mother's Catherine keener and i forget the dad's name bradley Whitford. yeah yes um in this like kind of bucolic outer yeah suburb um woodsy place that you people have on the East Coast. <laughs> our our woods and stuff don't look like that. Like we stockpile them somewhere. Yeah. Our woods don't look like that. They're like full of evergreens. So right. it's definitely an East Coast wood. Okay. Yeah. Um ours. Yours. <laughs> um and then weird stuff starts happening once he gets her and gets there to visit. Um and that's all I'm gonna say yeah. about it. Yeah. But it's so yeah. smart about really pointing out how, like, liberal white people think they're being, uh, really open-minded, but things that they say that are really racist without realizing it, so, uh, but it's just good. It's totally different than anything I've seen before, and I I was like, I would watch that again as we walked out, which almost never happens for me. Um, also, the girl, the girlfriend's older brother, it's what's his face from Byzantium, the young boy. The boyfriend. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> he plays this like skeezy alcoholic, racist, uh, drunk dude. Think, right. okay. With a creepy creeper mustache oh, like this. Uh, yeah. Okay. And a ponytail, I think. Uh, yeah, it's gross. He's like really good at it. <laughs> Caleb Landry Jones. I think oh, that's nice his name. Enough. I can't believe I remember that. Yeah, I can't remember. I could have just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> So, so watch first. get out. Okay. Watch get out. I think we Do need it. to go to sleep.
1: All right. So you can find show notes at net mm-hmm. and join us on our Ravelry group, uh net podcast fans. And until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>